Welcome to Rock and Ice's My Epic Podcast, presented by Outdoor Research. I'm Daniel Tachik. As you already know, Outdoor Research has been at the forefront of mountain equipment innovation since 1981. Their products have shown them to be committed to improving the climber and alpinist's experience with awesome gear, from jackets to gaiters to bivy sacks. It's not about summits for OR. It's not about finish lines or sends. It's the journey. So if you've got a journey in the near future, check them out. You will not regret it. A blown rappel usually results in death, but luckily we don't end there in this epic. Listen as Richard Wright recalls his partner's close call as his rappel device falls hundreds of feet below them. Thank you, Outdoor Research, for your continued support for this podcast and the sport as a whole. Their dedication to innovation and high-quality products is unmatched. All right, here we go. I first met the young man, we'll call him Hugh, short for hubris, at the top of the third Flatiron on a fine September day. It was 1984, maybe 1985, and I was at the top of this famous boulder slab chatting with some of the other climbers when a blonde Adonis blazed upward, solo, every now and then glancing at his watch. 15 minutes, which struck me as a pretty good time, left him vocally annoyed at the top. At some point, I inquired about his descent plans, which he revealed to be basically non-existent. I offered to set up a sling harness that he could use to wrap the west face on the rope I had carried, soloing as well myself. Looking back at it now, though, I think this probably should have been my first clue. For several years after that, we joined forces and blitzed through grades in El Dorado Canyon, starting from scratch and clawing our way improbably upward. The exciting thing about climbing with Hugh was how he could just jump numbers in a single bound. One day he decided it was time to launch from a 5'9 to a lofty 5'11 in a single day. Anything was possible. I loved that. Hugh was a ski racer for the University of Colorado. He loved the rush of being close to his own edge. In four short years on the team, he had broken every single one of his long bones. I suppose that should have been another clue. Then came the day of rescue trucks, floodlights, bullhorns, and a crowd of morbidly curious onlookers who hung around the base of the Bastille watching as Hugh and I tried to descend from Art Spar on the Red Garden Wall. It was an autumn Saturday, and we had made plans to hit the Grand Giraffe 5-9 to Art Spar 5-10C. We would decide on the finish once we got there, but we knew we'd top out. We'd been climbing 510 plus, including on the diamond. This was supposed to be a romp. A late start had us at the base at 3 p.m., and we gunned for the belay below the art spar's roof, three pitches up. All went well, if not very quickly, and I set up a nice belay just below the eight-foot roof. I brought up Hugh, and we switched over the rack. Hugh launched out onto the roof in his typical style. Kind of like a wasp clawing its way up the inside of your, I don't know, car windshield. Scratch, claw, slide. On and on. 
but never really quite falling off. He jammed up through the roof, pulled over the edge, and after an interminable time, arrived at the belay. Cool. But now darkness was just about on us, and instead of continuing, we really needed to get off that wall. As the temperature fell, we shouted endlessly above the rush of the creek below and decided that rather than trying to find the rappel off the upper ramp, Hugh would wrap back to our belay in the grand giraffe corner below the roof. I would hold on to both ends of the rope and pull him into the belay when he came level with me. Then we would both rappel roughly the same route we had climbed. Another eternity passed before Hugh finally shouted into the darkness that he had begun to descend. A little bit while later, I heard a sequence of curses, followed by the sound I will never forget. Ping! 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 Ringing into the void. Hugh? I called out. What was that? My figure eight! He shouted back over the roar of the river. Something unthinkable. In fact, something I would have never imagined had just happened. Hugh had dropped his rappel device while on rappel. In my mind, I gave him a a 15% chance, maybe less, of living through it. At that moment, we were suddenly flooded by lights from the fire truck below. Someone had alerted rescue. Great, I thought. Now they get to watch him fall. Below was a straight 300-foot shot to the ground. As Hugh inched his way down the rope held only by his hands, I saw his legs and then slowly a bit more drop below the roof. His torso came into view and finally his wildly freaked face. He was descending with both hands and both feet wrapped around the rope, like some gym class exercise, shaking like a leaf in the breeze. When he finally inched to within a dozen feet of me, I tied myself off, edged up to a corner where I could flip some rope around his legs and waist, cinched the loop as tightly as possible, and pulled him down until I could clip a sling into his harness. At the anchor, his demeanor switched back to his usual cool, collected hue, as though this is all just part of the gig. We signaled no to the rescue crew and started to wrap. I gave Hugh my figure eight and used a double carabiner brake. Hugh's current aplomb and the casual low-key wrap to the ground seemed eerie as if he were just, like, shrugging the situation off. What else would a climber do but haul himself, hand over hand, down a rope hundreds of feet in the air? El Dorado Canyon breeds epics like the bayou breeds mosquitoes. Sometimes you get lucky, like we did. To this day, I cannot explain how Hugh dropped the figure eight while rappelling with it. He described a tangle of rope jamming into the eight and freeing it by hand without clipping a prusik above the knot. Somehow the eight dislodged from his locking carabiner and dropped into the darkness. At the base of the wall, we sat briefly under a gorgeous, clear starry night, just thrilled to be a couple of guys on the ground. Hugh quit climbing the next day. Thanks for tuning in. Richard Wright passed away in Lakewood, Colorado on January 4th, 2016 after a three-year battle with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Visit our climbers we lost of 2016 to find out more about his legacy. I'd like to thank Noisy Waters for the music, and as always, thank you Outdoor Research for helping us bring these stories to life. 